Mr. Ian Kaplan. Well, good. I almost said good morning. <laughs> good good morning. Good night. Good evening. How are you, sir? Well, what a freaking week. It was a long day. It's been a long week. Yes, yes, indeed it has been. Welcome back to Talking Sci-Fi. So we got a, um, we actually got an email today from Apple that I was super excited about, and I shared with Lee. And I want to share with all of you. Um, we are ranked on Apple Podcasts now. 223. Now listen, listen. Real. It's unbelievable. 223. I don't give a damn if it's 223 out of 223. The fact that we're ranked is amazing. We actually have a ranking. Right. I'm good with it. Look at where we're sitting. Right. In your basement. We're recording on the phones. We're phone to phone recording. Correct. Correct. This is this is (laughs) as bad as it gets. So this evening's episode, we're doing a little bit of a a different take here. We're gonna do top five sci-fi starship models used in movies we have a special guest with us this evening uh mr will barton will you there yeah i'm here can you hear me everybody hear me okay we can hear you we can hear you welcome to the show buddy thanks for joining us welcome oh thanks i made it this is awesome good news everyone i'm here (laughs) (laughs) so uh will is joining us as uh, a insanely talented uh model um, very, very humble. So he's probably rolling his eyes at me right now. But oh, um, man, you got my glass eye fogging <laughs> over. Knock it off. <laughs> um, Will, tell us about the Star Trek Modeler Group that you are admin on. Oh, thanks. We're uh, we are the largest Star Trek modeling group on Facebook right now, and we try to be um, the most easygoing and inclusive. We're at almost uh, eighteen thousand members, and uh, we've been going for oh, I'd say probably about ten years now. That's awesome. Um, we're welcoming to pretty much anybody. Doesn't matter what skill level you come in at. You just have to have a passion for building. Cool, Lee. That means you can jump on and uh, and join them, even with your Play-Doh stuff. I mean, if I just go back to when I actually did model building <laughs> to my Lincoln Logs <laughs> and my Erector set, there's a there's a process here, Will. Lincoln Logs. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Erector set. <laughs> then the Legos. <clears throat> So a special shout out to Will. Um, I, I, anybody that knows you on Facebook, um, you uh, you served our country in the Navy. So thank you for your service, sir. Thank you for your service. Oh, thank you kindly, folks. Um, so all right, so we're gonna get started. So Will, I gave you a rundown. We got our our top five lists. We're gonna uh, we're gonna dive in here. We're gonna start with number five um, to to curve uh, Mr. Ferguson's nerves here, since he had to do some extra special research on this one. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Okay. A little, bit, a little bit outside of my wheelhouse, unfortunately, but. Anything sci-fi, I love. So, I actually have some models down here. Um, naval vessels. Will, you'll love that. Oh, awesome, awesome. Okay. Um, I got the Ronald Reagan carrier. Uh, USS Nebraska. Um, submarine. The nuclear-powered submarine. And then, would you classify that as... The World War One cruiser. Yeah, World War One cruiser. So... I have okay, some models cool. to build them, but uh, man, they, it looks like it would be fun. I don't think I have the patience level for that, though. You guys that do models, man, I, I, I don't have that kind of patience. And I want, I want the finished product, but I don't have. The don't patience. want to put the work in. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I do believe me. It's an exercise, but I figure. I mean, I still work for the Navy now as a civilian contractor, <laughs> so if I can sit through eight hours of, you know two-star admirals and full-bird captains arguing over what the definition of this is, then I can <laughs> build a model, you know? Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, do you want to jump into our top five models, the ones that we individually like? Yeah. Uh, 
or do we want to discuss the model building first? Because this is a different type of avenue, different type of show we're doing. Yeah, I'm sure not all of our sci-fi nerd friends out there build models, but maybe they'd be interested in knowing where the passion comes from. What what got you into a Star Trek in the first place, uh, Will? Is it just just a ship in general like did you did that just translated into space like you love science fiction that sort of thing oh absolutely um i was i was a diehard trekkie from like the word go because my father was a diehard trekkie um and i had been watching it some time like i think i remember starting out with the animated series in the in the late 70s because the old man would work the graveyard shift on friday night and come home really really early saturday morning and this was when Nickelodeon was like in its heyday. You know? Oh yeah, Nickelodeon. And they were, yeah, yeah, man. You know, down with my pinwheel people, man. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, but now we it's come home and we watch it. Oh, I know. It's just, oh, it's awful. <laughs> Will, quick question. Uh, Will, sure. are you joining us for any shots tonight? Are you enjoying any yes. adult beverages? As a matter of fact, I a lovely bottle of this apple brandy that is made at a local Wisconsin winery here. Um, you know, about refined. 60 horsepower or so. And uh, We have, we have a gentleman of refinement on yes. the show. I want everybody to know that we too uh, bring, we, Will's bringing a sense of refinement to our, our little show here, and we appreciate that very much. We're, oh, no, we're not gonna... at all, man. Remember, I was in the Navy. I'm here to do damage to one of my <laughs> filled up with a 1953 homemade uh, sauce known as Maker's Mark. It's a single barrel. Lovely. Um, and it's one that I've been reserving for 12 years for us to take a drink of. That's all oh. bullshit, by the way. It's just Maker's Mark. I just made all that. All right, I was going to say, it sounded great. You, you pulled it off. It I was convinced. You know? It would have been awesome. <laughs> I, do have a, I do have a couple single barrels over there, and we'll get into that later on in the show. But for now, we want to start off with all of our friends, uh, Will, with a nice uh, throwback of Maker's Mark, as you do your yep. apple brandy there, Will. Cheers, sir. Cheers to everybody. Slange to you. Shot one down uh, and clear. Woo. That's good stuff. All right. That's so the stuff. So, so, Will, again, so you, you started out with the animated series. So, yep. um what was so what was the next big trek series for you as far as like watching the animated series and then moving into the next realm so what really got me i mean and to this day gets me uh everybody always goes back to the motion picture the fly around of the refitted enterprise when you yes. first see her and i love it absolutely beautiful for yep. me it was star trek 3 the search for spock when the enterprise was coming home at the beginning of the movie yeah. after she had gotten the the, just the bejesus kicked out Blown of her up. during yeah. the Wrath of Khan. Yeah. And, you know, you see um, as she's entering into space dock, the, the officers in the observation lounge all just kind of stop and sort of just stand up as she's entering in and coming to her birth. Yeah. And I thought that that scene was just so powerful because, you know, even as a kid, I, I, I knew that you know, Enterprise at that point in time was pretty old. My father had schooled me up enough on Star Trek to understand it. You know, she was she was probably forty to sixty years old at the well, probably forty years old at that time. I think um, they mentioned it in the movie. Yeah, they said she was twenty, but they kind of screw up the dialogue because if she always only was twenty, Robert April nor Christopher Pike would have ever been her captain. Yeah, right. It would have been time. Exactly. But um what got me into it was my father, shortly after we saw that movie in the theater, 
he took me to this, you know, ghetto toy store that he used to moonlight at whenever he was on strike from the phone company called Kitty. And my father was there. He was the electronics guy. So remote control cars, whatever, he would fix them up. And they would pay him in toys and such. So he got me uh, a That's refitted, amazing. the Smoothie Enterprise model kit. You know, this was before <laughs> it even had decals. It had these wow. you know, sort of stickers that you would put on the, for, the, for the warp field mm-hmm. uh, on the nacelles and everything. And that kit is notorious for having wonky pylons. So, of yeah. course, I used way too much of that tester's orange death tube glue. And melted them. So he got me another one. And I did the same thing. And then he got me another one. And I did the same thing. This went on through about five or six models before I actually was able to successfully build one of them. Um, And I've been building. You sure that it was. You sure that it's just because you weren't. This was your first time trying to build the models that you weren't very successful. Or was it just sniffing all of that awesome glue? I mean, it could have been a little bit of both. You know? (laughs) Yes. You know? I'm from New Jersey and anything that smells toxic always reminds me of home. So, <laughs> you know, that could have been it. <laughs> Fair. You're from New Jersey. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I don't like to advertise. Let's not let that. If, if anybody's listening here, I made it out before any real damage was done. <laughs> <laughs> I only go back for the bagels and the pizza. Okay. Yeah, it's just fair. That's, that's very, fair. Yeah. <laughs> very fair. So then, um, so at some point, obviously, in, in, in deciding that you, you wanted to work on models, you landed a career in the Navy. Yeah, I went to, I actually went to a military school for high school. It was the same school really? my father went to. Yeah, I was a miserable little kid, man. Like, I was like close to the 360-pound mark. I was always getting in trouble. I had a couple run-ins with Juvie when I was younger. My father had gone to the school, he, you know, he turned out to be a great guy. And he's like, look, you know, we got to get you the hell out of here. Um, so this, that and was I just your straightened up for, for you know, yeah. going to prison type thing. And I mean, I, I think my mother thought I was going to hate it. And I loved it. It was mm-hmm. awesome. And uh, about two months after graduating high school, I enlisted in the Navy um, wow. in 1996. And then uh, I just recently retired after uh, 23 years in 2018. That's great, man. That's what did you retire amazing. as? I was a chief petty officer. Chief petty officer. That's right. I, I <clears throat> recall you mentioning that before. Um, so Miles O'Brien, baby. Most Miles O'Brien. That's Trek. right. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. So now that our listeners have a little bit of the background and the bio on Will, I think it's a good time to launch right into our top five. Great. Uh, man, time's just flying by. It's already 11 minutes in. That's crazy. Cool. cool. All right. Well, Mr. Ferguson, again, to relieve your cool. nervousness, let's dive in with your number five, sir. <clears throat> It's not that I'm nervous. It's just that I'm not a model builder, but I did a lot of research. So my number one number five. is yeah, my number five. Uh, Jeez, the alcohol's already getting to you. It's probably just because I'm getting old and forgetful. Um, my number five is going to be the ship from Close Encounters. Um, so that was a that was a model build that they used in the movie. There wasn't a lot of CGI out then. And from what I understand, they still use a lot of mini model building now in movies today with cgi but i believe back then they didn't really have the ability to add a lot of computer animated effects and so close encounters of the third kind was a was a generational iconic type movie to me when i was a child that resonated with me the entire movie because one of those things you watch with your family mm-hmm. and uh and just as a child you're you're so your, the perception of what you're seeing on TV becomes your reality, so to speak. So you're out there looking around for ships, 
yeah the you're looking for the ice cream uh the ice cream oh, ufo yeah, yeah, you're looking yeah. for all these different shapes that you saw but mm. i i just think it's amazing that the builders on and on that set came up with all these things where, how, how the hell do they know where to put pinpoints of light the, the accuracy that they built some of these models with is ridiculous and then the specs like how big they build these things yeah, yeah. some of the things i don't want to go too far into the weeds but the, the, the sets i saw from star wars and some of the things i've seen in documentaries these damn things are as big as my basement yeah like the Millennium Falcon, things like that are big in my basement. Now, I'm not sure of the specs on this particular one, but I did watch a little bit about the closing counts of the third kind. And the ship that I saw them around was probably half the size of this basement. And they were kind of walking around it. They were on ladders. So that was that was pretty exciting to kind of see that. And this is a, one of the probably one of the best movies we already did our top five movies. This was probably movies, an honorable yeah. mention for me, but uh, I actually love this movie. So I'm good. that's going with my number five. Uh, cool. Close Accounts at Third Kind. Okay. Mm. Mothership. Mothership. Yep. Will, what's your number five, sir? My number five is the USS Cygnus from Disney's 1979, The Black Hole. I think about the Cygnus. Son of a bitch. So you have to understand at the time, you know, Disney was trying to come out with something, you know, sci-fi related to kind of combat what was going on with star wars right mm -hmm. so they came up with this crazy idea for what was going to be a space disaster movie about this little tiny ship the uss palomino that is on this multi-year exploratory mission and stumbles across a ship that had been missing for up to 20 years um and if you've never seen the uss cygnus it looks very much like a cathedral in space yes it's a lot of framework and girders and clear paneling and whatnot um just an absolutely beautiful ship. The filming miniature, I'm not exactly sure how long it was. It's either four and a half or five feet long. It was, it was fairly substantial for the time. Um, but the model kit itself was made by a company called MPC in the 1980s or so. Um, and it's actually a screwed up model because if you look at the Cygnus, there are two fairly long rectangular sections at the back. And then there are supposed to be three in the front. Well, the model kit did two and two. So if you can find one of these models and they're like hen's teeth now trying to find them, you actually have to find two if you want to build it accurately because you have to saw that front section in half and add another piece. Damn. Um, yeah, what really sold me on, on it wasn't so much the ship. It was the fact that they had Maximilian Schell playing the protagonist of Dr. Hans Reinhardt. If you've never seen the movie, it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I think that's a movie we're going to have to sit down and try and watch. I don't know what the hell he's talking about right now. Bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, is, man, dude. Somebody yeah, is like, definitely I, afraid of Maximilian. The, the, the Maximilian, that, that damn robot, haunts my dreams as yeah, a child and yeah. even to this day. Haven't had a dream of him, but our, one of, a few of our former podcasts, uh, you'll, you listen to him, you'll know that that's, that's my kryptonite, that freaking guy. In, with in all fairness, blade. though, it's... It gets balanced out by the fact that Yvette Mamieu is in there, who originally played Weena in the 1960s version of The Time Machine with Roddy McDowell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Roddy McDowell. Well, that's she going brings back. a lot of balance. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm old. So my number five is going to go to the Discovery one from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, Very nice. So I... Uh, did some homework on this one because I, I remembered reading about um, uh, 
how big she was as far as a filming model and speaking to what you just talked about, Lee, about the different sizes. Um, so there were actually two size models of the Discovery One built uh, based on the shot that Stanley Kubrick, the director, wanted to shoot. So they had a 15-foot model and they had a 54-foot model. Um, and sadly enough, um, Stanley Kubrick ordered both of the original filming models to be destroyed after filming was completed. So there is no um, original of anything from 2001 in any regard. So, uh, but I really liked the, the design of the discovery. I liked um, how practical it seemed for, I mean, for that time. So this was their projection of what 2001, the year 2001, our year was going to be, uh, was going to be like as far as space travel and things like that. So seeing where, some of the more modern movies about, you know, humanity traveling through space, as far as like a more, a more realistic take, the discovery one still holds up pretty well, even being designed in uh, 19, I think, I think it was actually the year before the movie came out, 1967 by um, Walter, Walter Kirk or something. Cornell. Walter Concrete. No. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh, that is my number five, Mr. Ferguson. What is uh, what's your number four? My number four is going to be um, the Yamato, which was an animated series. Um, oh, that excellent! They did make models and they built a model to try and see how they were actually going to draw it up in animation. So the space battleship Yamato, Rotten Tomatoes actually gave that a ninety-seven. That makes uh, sense. That's pretty good. That's a so, solid series. Um, a great series, a great animated series. I loved. And uh, that ship, who who couldn't love a space battleship? Right. It's a battleship oh, in space with warp drive and that giant laser that shot out the front. A wave end. cannon or wave wave gun? Wave, wave cannon, something gun? Yeah, something like that. I think that next didn't it come out in? Uh, I think that series came out in the original series was seventy eight. Because I watched some as a child. My dad I remember watching that. Mm-hmm. But then mm-hmm. they they did a rerun on that in like two thousand. <clears throat> uh, Ten, I think they came out with a, again another animated series about that. They they did a live action variant. Um, no, an anime. Cool. Yeah, well, yeah. Th- that's right. They did the anime, and I think later they anime, they did right. do a, a live action twenty one ninety nine or uh, something like that. They did. Um, it unfortunately wasn't well received, but they actually built <laughs> a, a physical filming model for that as well too. Oh shit! I didn't know that. That's awesome. Yeah, they're I know that actually you can coming out it. for the third installment now too. I know that you can get that model um, on several sites for about $51.49. Oh, yeah? Scaled mm-hmm. down. I don't know what size models you would call those, but they're smaller, probably about a foot and a f- few more inches long. And I think Nick said they were one three one thirty fifth, one thirty fourth, one three fifty something scale. like that. Whatever it is. Uh, anyway, one of my favorite ships all time in space. So the Yamato is my number four. Cool. Will, what's your number four, buddy? My number four is the C-57D from the 1956 movie Forbidden Planet. Nice. Yes. So, design of a starship flying saucer. It, you know, has that lentacular design that also sort of kind of harkens forward to not just the Jupiter 2 from Lost in Space, but the saucer section of the Starship Enterprise. Mm -hmm. You can actually see the parallels between, you know, a very young Leslie Nielsen playing the commanding officer to... Jeffrey Hunter as Christopher Pike, and then later on, yep. William Shatner as Captain Kirk. Um, the filming miniature was almost five feet in diameter. Holy um, shit. 
and I mean, just a monster. Um, and you know, they had to make something fairly large to when you consider the amount of special effect that was going into that movie at the time. Um, but Polar Lights has actually done several versions of this particular model. Um, they actually, I have it sitting like right in front of me right now, is a 172nd scale, fully injected mold and molded. The diameter is uh, 28 inches in diameter of the saucer. The dome lifts off. It has a complete set of uh, internal decks that you can build, little figures, everything like that. This was actually my holy grail kit because it's another one that's fairly difficult to come across. And I actually found it at Wonderfest this year within the first oh, five no minutes of, walk of walking on the showroom floor. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to widen our hands to feel the, the scope of 28 inches of a model in front of our faces right now. And it seems pretty large. I think it would probably occupy it's a fair amount of the table. Yeah, it's it's big. It's it's so big that the actual saucer is divided up into six individual pie wedges for the top and the bottom because <laughs> there was no way you're going to fit it into a box, you know. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do need to go to Wonderfest with you guys next year, Mister Kaplan. What is your uh, number four? My number four is uh, another callback. Probably going to surprise you for a bunch of thirty or for a thirty year old to even know what this uh, this movie I'm surprised is. Surprised you knew what Forbidden Planets was, but go ahead. <laughs> I'm uh, going to throw down the Valley Forge from Silent Running in 1972. Ooh. Um, nice. The, uh, nice well, so I didn't know this. The um, I did, instead of doing honorable mentions with these guys, because I had a, a hard time trying to really list off honorable mentions that weren't TV shows, so I'll probably be able to come up with one or two here in a minute. But So I did not know that the Valley Forge was actually a fabrication of about 800 um aircraft and tank models thrown together um to to create this this ship and um i always remember my dad talking about the movie because he he uh, has challenged me on more than one occasion oh, excuse me to build um the valley forge out of legos um it's funny when you said that movie name i thought immediately run silent run deep <laughs> <laughs> An old submarine movie for you. So that um, that is uh, that is my number four, uh, Mr. Ferguson. Number three. Uh, just side note on that movie: it's one point three million dollar budget in nineteen seventy two. Oh, that's probably what are we thinking about? Uh, Fifty million now, maybe at least $50, 40000000 million dollars. Gosh, a good the, budget for that movie. The budget that they used back then, and just comparing <laughs> it to now, is just insane to me. My number three is going to be uh, from the movie Alien. 1979 movie and mm. it is not the Nostromo like you probably thought it was going to be. This would be the ship they left the Nostromo in to go down to the planet. I think they called it the Derelict. The small craft that I think five of them took off and went to the planet when they discovered the eggs, when the egg jumped on the guy's face they had to rush him back to the ship. I thought they landed the Nostromo on the planet. They did not land the Nostromo on the planet. That's a giant thing that we talked about that's like two football fields long. They landed well, from what I read, it was called the derelict. Will, can you? No, the derelict was the alien ship. I thought the derelict was the no, little the shell. little the little pod was yeah, the, the, the ship that she escaped in. The derelict was that horseshoe looking thing, and then the Nostromo yeah. separated from that big refinery thing that it was attached to, and then landed. This whole time, our last podcast, didn't we call the Nostromo that giant ship that but they it, were living it, well, on? Yeah, it is though. But she she still touched down on that planet. Oh, anyway, so anyway, that, that, <laughs> shuttle ship, that shuttle ship that they took down there, um, I thought looked pretty cool. Also, the shuttle that she left there to, to boogie yeah. to get out of there was pretty badass, yeah. too. But 
I just like the way that that shuttle, because it leaving to go down to the planet, landing on the planet, taking off from the planet, is one of the first scenes you see with a lot of movement in space with the ship. And uh, I kind of really enjoyed watching that ship and the way that it was designed. That, by the way, so, again, another side note, since we're since we're so off topic, me on the derelict. Wasn't the derelict a, a ship that they used later in uh, Prometheus? Didn't they yes. copy that yeah. into some kind of elongated cigar type ship called the Juggernaut? Is that true? They did. And it rolled over Charlie's throne yes. at the end of the movie. Yes. Heart, very heartbreaking. Heart, real heartbreaking. Real, real heartbreak. Anyway, I mean, the, that that little shuttle that left the Nostromo, I thought that was pretty cool little ship. Mm. I, and I and I fought with the with the little shuttle that she left in uh, when she got into the little space suit that, at the very end. Did that shuttle the shuttlecraft at the end? Did I that think, have a name? Well, maybe those were maybe that was the same craft. I'm not sure, but I don't recall them all getting. You're back talking about the shuttle. pointy shuttlecraft at the end? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was when a narcissist. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So we are on uh, we're on number three. Yeah, well, what's oh, your number turn? three? Oh, um, so the original 1978 Battlestar Galactica. Oh, nice pick. So what a greebly monster this thing is. Um, the original filming miniature was around 36 inches long, I believe. Uh, and there have been multiple uh, incarnations of this kit, not just in the original AMT slash MPC release from the, you know, late 80s. Um, and then the most recent, I guess it's Polar Lights are around. I think of who actually did this. I've got it sitting in front of me because it's half built. Oh, it was Mobius, actually. Okay, well, yeah, Mobius, Mobius did it. Yep. And I've got that one sitting here. Um, and then there have been a couple of uh, garage kit companies that have made full studio scale sized versions of this yeah. model. Um, I've got a ton of high-resolution pictures of the original filming miniature. And just to look at it, you can see how many different tank and battleship and, you know, aircraft models they pulled from to give this thing the depth and the size that it has. I, I think it's just, you know, when you look at the budget that Battlestar Galactica had at the time, which really wasn't huge for a science fiction TV show, God, uh, they made show. something just – it's just amazing. I mean, I from the opening theme, yeah. It's just incredible. I remember hanging on every freaking minute of that fun, show every fun time story, it came on. Fun story, Thanks. Will, and you'll appreciate this. So when, when we were launching the, the podcast, coming up with the, the, the game plan in terms of putting this thing together, um, Lee started to play the Battlestar Galactica theme, the original Battlestar Galactica theme, and he was like, oh, we should use this as a theme song. I was like, Lee, copyright, we can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, like, let's not start out in flames quite al- yet. Although we did find out that we can up to about 30, 30 seconds. seconds. Yep. So we can use anybody's stuff for up to 30 seconds. But, you know, having oh, the okay. same theme from a friend of ours that play in the band that were kind enough to let us use their song, I think it's keeping some consistency. So, Cool, cool. Mr. Kaplan. My number three. Roll to your number three, sir. Is the none other than the Millennium Falcon. Mm. Uh, first scene in Star, uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Um, so I found out that the filming model that took three, I think it was three and a half months to build, was four foot in diameter. The original still, uh, filming model was four foot in diameter. Um, and I'm sure every single Star Wars fan knows this, and Will, I'm sure you know it. Um, the cockpit from the Millennium Falcon was designed to mirror that of a B-29 Stratofortress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, just imagining 
Sounds like that, power, like a lot of power. Oh my god, power! So, mm. just imagining that size for a filming model seems kind of small, but then it made sense because it wasn't a huge ship, um, so it would would seem to fit. And I'm, you know, there were a, as, as I what I read, there were about two or three others, depending on the scene and depending on what they were filming, what they were doing. Um, that they had two or three others of different sizes. They didn't specify the sizes, so I don't know if it's actually true or not. However, um, according to, to what I found, they had the four-foot-long, uh, four-foot diameter one that was um, in most of the still shots, like when it was um, uh, landed in the hangar bay at Hoth, that was the four-foot diameter model. I mean, Lucas just had warehouses yeah. full of space to do anything he wanted with and created oh, indeed, yeah. so much just from his mind and had such great designers and help behind him. It's can you imagine having several warehouses of just open space to do what you want with no. that if you could be lost in there, you, your whole life would be in those warehouses. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of good with it. Yeah. I mean, and the fact that that design still stands up yes. today. Yes. I mean, it's iconic. Yes. Agreed. 100%. So we're into our final uh, two, uh, Mr. Ferguson, you're number two, yeah, sir. We're coming down to number one fast, aren't we? Oh, man, here we are. My number two is going to be saying to you, Ian Kaplan, it is time for shot number two because we're 29 minutes in and we want to keep up with our five-shot rule. So everybody listening, if you're playing the home game, as Ian calls it, and doing your shots. Mm, We're getting ready to chalk it up here, everybody. So we want you to put your shots in the air and toast it up to shot number two, Mr. Will. Cheers. Cheers. On it. Cheers, gentlemen. Oh, that's lovely. Ah. Woo! That's That'll good stuff. Mm, that'll do it. We're all right. Ah, yeah, it's wonderful. All right, your number two, Mr. Moving Ferguson. on to my number two is going to be a ship from, I keep going back, but a ship from, uh, uh, God, it's going to be from Battle Beyond the Stars. Oh, no. Uh, a great movie yes. that I enjoyed. Ian abhors the movie. He hates the movie. And he's going to hate <laughs> this ship also. Uh, the ship was called Nail. Uh, it was a sentient, semi-organic, interplanetary fighter. And uh, like he said it looks like penis a flying penis. But it, like I told you, if you take <laughs> the bridge off, it, it, no, no, you no, just no, have no, these two cells and it goes forward like the Enterprise. You're looking at it right now. And it looks just like it. nothing like the Enterprise. If you paint this gray, <laughs> take the bridge off, take the saucer off, there, you reverse it. It you, looks you like a toy I'd find in somebody's... Fucking underwear Sorry. drawer. Don't be a hater. It's okay. Sorry to like it. All right. <laughs> uh, it's not so much that the ship was fantastic. It does look kind of odd and awkward, but kinda. In that movie, when you were a child, you wanted to be in the ship. You wanted to fly the ship. Those of you in my age group, you wanted to fly the ship, and you know you did. Let's not. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you so, did. A lot of models, variants of models have come out. I've looked through a lot of things, so. Models of this ship start from the range of thirty nine ninety five all the way up to fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah, it really depends on the scale of the model, obviously, and the complexity. But I just couldn't, I can't fathom a fifteen hundred dollar model. I have of a really, Nell. I have a really cheap way to do this. It's a really cheap way fighter. It's wait a minute. I have I, again. I have a really cheap way to do this. No, I don't even want to hear what you're getting okay. ready to say. Don't insult the movie. <laughs> by, it's an by, iconic movie. By, by a by a brown and colored dildo, right? couple of wings from an x-wing and then just stick two little highlighters on the end you got it it's it's done i hope all my that would technically fit into the kit bash category right (laughs) (laughs) oh 
Oh shit! <laughs> Probably something, just, something more out of my childhood again. I do on this show. I, I revert back a lot, so um, that would be my number. I get two. it, Mr. Will. What is your number two, sir? I'm going back to my childhood as well. Fine, since we're playing that game, the DSV One, the Liberator from the 1978 British series Blake's Seven. Wow. Yeah, British. Series. So. Yep. So Terry Nation, who, uh, you know, was big in, in BBC One television, wrote a television series, a sci-fi TV series called Blake Seven about a main character named Raj Blake. And the entire premise of the series is these mercenaries who have escaped from a penal colony find this advanced starship called the Liberator. I'm sorry. And did basically, you say penis colony? Oh, my God. Uh, no, penal, penal. But whatever works for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shots are flowing Whew. oh man but it's it's one of those shows it's all but it's wonderful at the same time have you ever watched anything where you're like oh man why am i doing this and then three episodes in you're like oh man why am i doing this but this is so cool yeah battle the special the effects. Stars, when i watch that yeah. movie right now i go oh this is awful but i i do love it oh, yep man. exactly i'll give you that but it's, it's... i'll give you that <laughs> But there was only one model kit that was ever produced commercially, and uh, it was by a company out of Great Britain called Comet Miniatures. Um, it's not very large at all. It's probably about probably about 12 inches long altogether. And it's another one that's almost impossible to find. Like the box itself, because the box art is so beautiful, uh, will sell on eBay for a couple of hundred dollars, like the front cover of the box, if you can even get that. There have been a couple of garage kits that have been made. But this is one of those uh, shows that I watched on fledgling cable as a kid. And then when I was stationed over in Great Britain, I used to catch it in reruns all the time. Hmm. Were you, do you spend time overseas? In, in I did. I spent, uh, Great Britain or? I spent, uh, oh God, quite a, quite a bit of time over in Great Britain. Most of my time was actually in the Mediterranean. And then when, uh, when 9-11 went down the whole mindset of the military shifted so i spent the remainder of my time either popping in and out of the mediterranean uh on whatever ship i was in or in you know the middle east so that's awesome what um breaking breaking topic will what uh what kind of ship did you serve on i've served on several um i started out on the uss austin lpd4 uh she was a uh, marine corps transport well deck ship you know the kind that open up in the back they sink yeah. down and you can let in lcag so that was my first ship. She was commissioned in 64. Um, from there, I served uh, as a recruiter at NRD Philadelphia. I pre-commissioned the USS San Antonio. Oh, wow. Uh, and then from there, I went to the uh, USS Ramage, which was a guided missile destroyer. Uh, taught over at Great Lakes, went back to another guided missile destroyer, the USS Mitchell, and then I retired uh, at Recruit Training Command Navy Boot Camp uh, wow. up here in Great Lakes. Wow. So that's how you ended up in uh, Wisconsin. Yes, sir. Got yes, it, sir. Got it. Cool, cool. All right, so my number two, um, I'm going classic here, and I'm, I'm calling back to a, a, a ship, or a series, movie, rather, movie, uh, that Mr. Ferguson brought up, the USCSS Nisto. There we go. <laughs> so um, That's what I meant to say on my pick. Sure. Um, Just kidding. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> so, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> that um, I, I never liked it when I saw it as a kid. However, the older I got, the more I was like, wow, okay, this is this is awesome. I like this. Um, it was unique. It was odd. Um, uh, the model itself, as big as that ship was, measured feet in length. This thing was a monster for a studio filming model. I was pretty surprised. 
man, that's cool. Well, I would absolutely agree that, uh, that I mean, that movie was freaking amazing, number one. That amazing movie that launched a series of movies that were that were pretty stellar up until anything after the third movie, which was just bad. We don't everything talk about went, anything after the bad. third movie. We don't talk yeah, about it's, it's, Bruno. The franchise died after that. It's over. For Disney people and with kids, we don't talk about Bruno. And we don't talk about Alien movies after the third. <laughs> real bad. We also don't talk about the last three Disney Star Wars movies. Or speak, the ooh, Paramount Plus Halo speak, series. Speak, speak for yourself. <laughs> speak for yourself. I love. You liked my comment love, on Facebook about that, but Mr. I, Ferguson. Love, I love all the Star Wars content. <laughs> when Disney bought Star Wars, where I know we're going in the weeds, but when Disney bought Star Wars, my whole world opened up, and I knew that we're going to get so much more content because Disney wants so much money. We're going to pour everything we got into this franchise right now. We're going to blow it out wide open, and the content would be there. They're going to do series. They're going to do more movies. My God, the whole world opened up, and I was happy. Still happy. Would you say it was a whole new world? Oh, God. (laughs) You're you're, you're, you're exciting my singing voice. (laughs) A whole new world. Come on, Kaplan. You sang when school. I I, I did. A new We're going to have to take another shot. Oh, shit. Yeah, probably. All right, let's move on. We gotta get this. Jesus. We gotta get this list over with. Oh gosh! All what, right. are we, what are we on number one now? Are we on the number one? We are on. Uh, Will you did your number two? So I think we are on number one. We are on the yeah, number, we're on number one. Cool, Mr. Ferguson. My number one is going to be something that uh, was already spoken about. Will uh, stealing my thunder? That would be <laughs> the USS Palomino from uh, the Black Hole. Huh. Cool. Love nice. because the, the reason I really like that ship is because most of the movie took place on the ship, so you got a really good gauge of the interior. But they had such great shots of the outside, the the visual was pretty stunning. Uh, man, Disney did a really good job with that, and really early on, 79 yeah. is when the movie came out. So, having that kind of visual with a model sitting there and building up all this visual around it uh, was pretty awesome. And I, and mm. I think that movie holds up really well. It even, does. even right now, if we were to watch absolutely, that, we would see that space <clears throat> set up and it's, it's still slightly stunning to me. Uh, I, one of my favorite scenes in that movie, there, there were a couple, but one of my favorites was when they're on the, I guess it was the command center to the Palomino and they're uh, trying to identify which ship they're staring at. Um, and, mm. or they have on their sensors, and um, Vincent is rattling off the different names, and the holographic God, display him. is Vincent's rotating. Awesome. And then um, uh, you hear um, you hear him rattle off, you know, USS Cygnus, and uh, McCray, Doctor McCray, goes, "Yep, that's it," and it solidifies. And then that's when all, everybody's like, "Wait a minute, the Cygnus? She's been she's been gone. Like she was, you know." And then they start going into the the backstory that you know the Dr. Reinhardt was ordered to return, um, but he never responded, or you know, so everybody assumed the ship was zero destroyed. response and gone. Yep. Yeah. Great pick, yep. Will. Uh, you know, for me, that's my number one because, uh, like I say so often in this show, going back to the childhood, you know, stuff that sticks with you that you cool. really love, and the Black Hole movie was one that I I adored absolutely. It's I mean, science fiction for me, man. That was one of the end all be all movies. Well, you think about it though, because you know the the concept of CGI was is so relatively new. I mean, even still in its infancy in in the early two thousands. So when you have the older movies pre two thousand, you know 
they only use filming models. And I, and again, I think that filming models, truthfully, as much as, you know, CGI looks great, it looks fantastic. You know, there, there are certain ways to blend it and ways to make it work. Nothing beats, nothing beats filming a physical model period. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it adds a, a realism to it. Um, I, I adore and, and will will concur with this Bill Krause's work every time he photographs one of his ships it looks like it, it looks better than the CGI ones that we've gotten in the series. I, I agree. There's the, no so argument. When I, watch, when I watch something like that, there, there is a, the physical presence of something that's, it's dense, it's real and it's on the screen. I really, if, if, if you're an avid movie watcher, you can, you can near tell the difference. So you can see a model and a camera slowly panning mm-hmm. toward, around it or down the side of it versus cgi crap yeah that you can just it it's it's too correct it's that's, way too measured and that's it's, who i would know what i mean that's what i would absolutely love to get on this podcast and when so that this would be a blast to do will and i don't i'll, I'll have to look in to see if this is possible to have two people on because we need to do we've already done starships okay top five starships right. that was our first episode we need to do top five star trek starships and I want oh, yes. Will, and then I want to see if Bill Krause would be willing to join us because that I'm sure he would. Awesome. I could. I I talk to Bill fairly regularly. I'm, I could ask him if you're interested. I, I, that would be amazing. I'll have to. So you don't. You Lee don't know who Bill Krause necessarily is, but Bill Krause is. There was a, a William Krause at Krause Ford. Forgot there in Tawny Town, you know, the Ford dealership. <laughs> so they. He is an incredibly talented builder. The the and I, Will, I don't know if you agree with me here. Um, the, the, one of the, the bigger reasons okay, stop. why you look like you're getting ready to just blow a load. All I, am, I am. I just, absolutely am. Relax I absolutely for one am. second. Okay. I, relax one, one of the reasons it, why... hang, on, hang on. It's 42 minutes in. Yeah. Third time. It's shot time. It's shot time. Because we're, right. we're losing time. Then, Let's then just I'm... get this down and well, then we can, could, you, you can rail off. We could take a break and then, you know, I can send a little more <laughs> recording and we can I jump in. doing a break. It's fine. We can do a break. I, cause we're having fun conversating now. The drinks are kicking. Will, we're going in for shot three, sir. For everybody listening. All right, are we, we going to do a break? Because I want to crack another bottle if that's going to yeah. happen. Because I haven't so, gotten for schnicket in a while. Let's do this. All let's, right. Let's rock and roll this shot. Everybody right. together. Up in the air. Cheers. Up in the air. Cheers. Mm. And we are going to go to a break here in five, mm. four. Oh, no, 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 no. No? Not going right. to do the countdown? So we are going to go on a quick break. Give everybody a chance to refill. Um, will, go, I will uh, I'll message you on Facebook when we are ready to uh, start part two. But uh, been fun so far, so we'll dive into Will and I's number one and a little bit more conversating here on Talking Sci-Fi. Will, we'll see you in a minute, buddy. You're amazing. See you in a few, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. So we are back after our quick break. Everybody is uh, refreshed. The dogs have gone to the potty, so we are good to go. Well, we've got dogs. We got I got four of them. They have to go potty, and they let me know that. I've got a pup, too, that we just took out. I know how you feel, man. Struggle's real. <laughs> it totally is. It's totally real. So we, we ended our – well, we went on break um, just before Will's number one, but I was getting ready to, to shoot my load about Bill Krause and his work because <laughs> Bill Krause is, is absolutely phenomenal. Don't, Absolutely. Be, don't be upstaging Will right now, okay? I, no, you know, honestly, like, not just that, but Bill is one of the most humble human beings you will ever want to meet. Um, I've had the pleasure of knowing him for going on five, six years now, and just one of the most easygoing, easy to talk to, 
and genuinely kind human beings that I have ever met. Um, free with his knowledge, free to talk to you about just about anything, and is as passionate about Star Trek and modeling as anybody else. So just a great human altogether. I mean, it, it really, for, for him, speaking about him for a minute, he, he is literally living the ultimate Star Trek fan's dream. I mean, yeah, having his the, the Shangri-La-class starship that he designed, he built, he, he did everything for, for Paramount to go, hey, buddy, we, we want to use this, but can you modify it to fit, you know, the 25th century aesthetic? Um, we're going to use it as our, our hero ship in, in the new series of Picard. I mean, Star Trek Picard. I mean, for fuck's sake, that's that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and by the way, at the end of that first season, it's going to be the Enterprise. And um, hopefully, God, I hope we get Star Trek Legacy. I would really love to see a, uh, a series with, with that that Enterprise with Bill's work there. And that, for me, like, as soon as I saw the previews of Picard Season 3 and we got this couple of little glimmering shots of the Titan... <clears throat> I immediately mm-hmm. recognized, immediately recognized the ship. And I was like, oh, my God, yep. that's that's Bill's work. That's Bill Krause. And then getting the he was, he was very cagey about the whole thing at first. And then when we found out that he was, you know, that he had essentially redesigned the hero ship, we were like, man, you you've you've reached it. You've hit apotheosis, man. It doesn't get yes. any better, you know. 100%, 100%. But he, mm. I, so, so Lee and I were talking while we were on break. So we, we definitely want you back, Will, for, for future episodes. Um, Will, you're amazing, brother. <laughs> oh, <laughs> sweet. <laughs> wow, you, my heart's getting all flaky. Okay, that's <laughs> cool, yeah. You, you are, you're just so right there with us, uh, 100%. I would love to get you back and your feedback and some of the stuff of, like, we'll go a little bit off the wall and in the weeds with some other of our lists. Uh, we have some really, wing dingers coming up here yeah so, i mean we what Sweet. do we have probably 30 or 40 different lists so, of other july, stuff. july 4th holiday we came up with about 20 or 25 other lists that we could potentially do um as our uh, as our, our podcast continues while lounging out in the pool having a couple of beers right um, and what's the prerequisite here right what, what do you need to know to be on the show and be a guest we, first you don't have to be that important but we need to know that you can bring something to the table mm-hmm. And well, second, that's good because I'm not important, you know. <laughs> that's fantastic. You're right there. Then well, you're right there with us, my friend. <laughs> Although I would beg to differ, but uh, nice that you're that humble. And, and just a love of science fiction, really, is all that you know. We ask anybody that comes on, mm-hmm. yep. and uh, you, you absolutely seem to have that. So uh, kudos to you, my friend, and very thank happy you. Thank you. I'm having a ball. I would love to come back. This is this is a, a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. Yeah, yeah. this is this is this is awesome. We we probably, I mean, so listening lee brought it up listening to the first episode versus how you know how far we've come now just being more comfortable with with you know having the show and doing the show in general and and just point blank the absolute ball this is to do um getting the feedback from people at work getting the feedback from people on facebook i mean i've had people that um like i have a really good friend of mine i don't she she's starting to listen to the podcast she's not a huge sci-fi fan she's more anime but she's she's listening to the podcast and she's a streamer on twitch and she's like dude this is awesome like even as oh man we filter as it is this is great we can do anime too we can talk escaflone fist of the north star we can bring in oh, dragon boy. ball z i mean we can go down that rabbit hole man the, easy yeah easy. Will, dragon ball z will you and i would be the only one able to go down that rabbit hole mr ferguson despite being of korean descent knows really nothing about anime 
Well, except you know for what? the hentai he watches at night. <laughs> Yes, let's well, go. It's nice to see somebody else. I'm not alone. Man. Good. You know? Damn that hentai hole. He's got a little bit of knowledge on that. Oh, shit. So, all right. Well, what uh, what is your number one, sir? Uh, I alluded to it a little bit earlier. Um, without a shadow of a doubt, it's the refitted USS Enterprise that we see starting out in the motion picture. Um, a little backstory. So, prior to the motion picture, Star Trek had fielded the potential of doing another series called Star Trek Phase Two. Yes. And they had actually gotten uh, Matt Jeffries to come on board and start a, start redesigning the Enterprise. So what you see in the refit um, and what Matt Jeffries originally started redesigning for phase two, dimension wise, are very similar. The pylons are swept back. Some of the surface areas are a little bit more curved around. Um, but if you're a real big Star Trek nerd like I am, you recognize that Jeffries had sort of designed that shape when he was fielding the original enterprise for the 1960s TV show. Um, But I would, I'm willing to say, and I'm almost willing to bet my chief anchors on this, that the refitted USS enterprise is probably the most prolific science fiction model kit that has ever been brought to market. Started out with the um, AMT slash um, matchbox refitted enterprise, the smoothie, and then every consecutive movie that came out, it was reissued in the one five thirty seven scale. And then Polar Lights came on board, and Polar Lights did a one twenty five hundred and a one one thousandth, and then they did the big one three fiftieth, and then you have the big DeBoer's hull, which is a massive model, like one two hundred scale, absolutely huge. And then even Bandai did a model kit of the refitted Enterprise, pre painted. You put it together, snap tight, and you know Bandai quality models are just insane. They're Absolutely amazing. Yeah. And that's not to count all of the garage kit makers like Star Trek, Starcraft models yep. who've done the ship in one fourteen hundred. It's probably the most reproduced, most iconic ship out there as far as model kits go. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. One hundred percent. My 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 poor father had several models until, you know, five, six year old me got a hold of him and started to fly him around <laughs> pretending I was uh, evading Khan in the Mutar Nebula and uh <laughs> Busted pylons, busted the saucer. You know, three or four of his his prize models went to went to complete shit after he introduced Star Trek to his son. Um, you oh know, man, so, sorry, Dad. <laughs> I get it. I built so many of them. I like literally. I love the one one thousandth polar light kit so much. I have no less than thirty of them sitting in my closet right now. I pick nice. them up whenever I can, oh um, and I I just love them. You know? Nice, nice, Mister Kaplan. What is your number one? Well, the last to be shared tonight of our top five list. Will and I are clearly on on the same wavelength, on the same page, because my Gee, number one go figure. is going to the USS Enterprise from the motion picture, nineteen seventy. Mm. Um, I uh, have incredibly fond memories of watching the motion picture with my dad, falling immediately in love with the Enterprise, um, enjoying just. Uh, that that scene again, where you see uh, the filming miniature for the first time, and they're they're cruising Ooh. around, um, and uh, just seeing a familiar shape, but just revamped in a way that that really stuck out. And I mean that the Enterprise for me was like a, a love hate relationship because I, I I liked the design and, and adored the design of the original series Enterprise. It, it was iconic. It was a, a totally new stretch on sci-fi starships at the time. And 100% all model. Yeah. Just, oh, yes. Yeah. You see is what you get. Yes, yeah. 
and it's all about cinematography. How can we move a camera around this green screen or a blue screen? No, most then? of it was matte painting. So it's yep. you know, that's pretty, and and for what it showed us on TV, yeah, that's uh, I thought it was pretty damn good. Yeah, we're, um, we're talking 1970. So I did some some homework because obviously everybody knows um, that the. Uh, the original series Enterprise, one of the, I think it was either the original filming model or one of the filming models that was recreated for the show is now sitting and hanging out as she should be in the Air and Space Museum, Museum of the Smithsonian yep. in uh, DC. So yep, she, she's rightfully there. Um, so I did some homework to try to find out where the refit model ended up. Um, and I was only able to find, and Will, correct me if I'm wrong, because you're probably more uh, versed in this than I am. The refit, as far as my research led, the refit Enterprise um, was the same model with some doctoring that they used for the 1701A, which is apparently, and was apparently, purchased at Christie's auction for $240,000 mm-hmm. and is now sitting in, of all people, Jeff Bezos. Amazon office. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my knowledge as well. I mean, um, you know, I don't hate on the guy. He's he's a very vocal Star Trek fan. Yes. Um, you know, so I'm down with that. And it's it's nice to see that it didn't end up in like, you know, like a landfill or something like that. A lot of the models for a lot of really cool science fiction franchises, you know, once the once the show is over, that's it. You know, yeah. they just get trashed. So it's good to see that it's it's someplace where it's going to be it's appreciated survived. and loved. You know? Yeah. Didn't um one of the the uh oh gosh, one of the people on, on your page, in fact, didn't they post that they just purchased the Voyager uh filming model? No, I don't think he's on our page. He's on the actual Starship modeler page. Okay. Um, you know, um and I know who you're talking about too. Yeah, he purchased he purchased like the the full size, and it's it's got to be something like twelve or thirteen feet long. It's massive, you know. Um, but yeah, I know who you're talking about because he posted it and showed the pictures of him in the crate yeah. with the model and everything like that. God help and me I if like, I ever tried to bring something like that home to Savannah, she would probably divorce me. Yeah, my wife uh, is is a retired divorce attorney, so yeah, that would definitely. <laughs> <laughs> my way. You know? Well, the couch is open if you ever come across a, a, a really detailed model that you know, you feel compelled to. The couch is here. You'd have to move to Pennsylvania, but, you know, we're, we're here. For come you. on up, Will. <laughs> no, it's cool. Come in Hanover, buddy. I, <laughs> I went to school in upstate Pennsylvania in Perry County, so I'm familiar oh, cool. with the area. Awesome. I'd love to come home. But, no, but she's cool. She's a really cool chick. She gives me my allowance, and she lets me go outside and play with my friends. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm a really easy dog to keep under the porch, you know. So – um, Savannah and I, uh, my wife, we've, we've been married now five years together. My wife. Well, my wife. Um, <laughs> my wife. She, uh, when, when they announced that not to plug them and I'm not plugging them cause you don't know, do fuck these guys, but don't Eagle Moss, when they were going out of business, I went on something of a tangent on Amazon and started to pick up a ton of the Eagle Moss models and, um, savannah much oh my god her you demise, she was like we what what are you doing like you you've purchased like 10 models this week and i had just brought home the cerritos from a, a local comic book store that i found it and i kicked myself in the ass because they had the cerritos the voyager j which i really wanted to get my hands on and they had the titan from lower decks i wish i had grabbed the titan however 
I grabbed the Cerritos and I brought it home and I spent 120 bucks on both ships. And Savannah's looking at me and I was like, yeah, but honey, look, look at this ship on eBay right now. Look how much this thing is worth right now. <laughs> and she's like, okay, well, you're giving me inspiration to sell your entire collection. And I looked right at her and I said, you sell my entire collection. We will be in divorce court. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's yeah, funny it's- you bring that up, man, because I, I, full disclosure, I'm a giant Batman fan. I collect every Batman figure that Todd McFarlane puts out. That's awesome. You know? And um, I bought another one because they just came out with a limited edition set today with like all six live action movie Batman from Michael Keaton to George Clooney, Val, mm. Val Kilmer, all the way up to Pattinson. And I was like, hey. And she's like, I saw the card. <laughs> I was like, bye. Bye. <laughs> one, one of my, uh, one of my prized possessions, um, while it was not, obviously not a, uh, a filming model, the, uh, Will, I don't know how big of a gamer you are, but the series Mass Effect. Um, oh, yeah, man. So the Normandy from Mass Effect 2 was the first time we saw the redesigned Normandy. Um, and then they released, I think it was Dark Horse that released the 12 foot model or 16 inch model or something, 12 foot, 16 inch model, um, of the ship. And you could either get it in Cerberus yellow or Alliance blue. And I was at the local convention here, um, in Maryland, uh, shore leave. And I, like you said, with, with your ship from Forbidden Planet, I got into the dealer's room and immediately, immediately (laughs) saw the 16 inch statue on display and it was one of those finds where the guy that was selling it and i'm sorry he's podcast so it's fine he was selling it for two hundred dollars what i could not get to my credit card fast enough and savannah looked right at me and was like what the hell are you doing we haven't you your rule your rule honey is you do one lap around the dealer's room groceries tonight you know (laughs) You, you do one lap around the, the, the dealer's room and then you make your purchases. And I looked right at her and I said, Savannah, let me purchase this right now. And then I will show you why I jumped to buy this damn thing because I, there, there was no way I was passing it up. So I bought oh, it. No, I, I whipped my credit card out, bought it, threw it down. And or, what, what are you? Oh, no. Doing anything? Go ahead, Savannah. I'm watching you. I'm watching you. You shall not purchase this model. <laughs> anyway, so... That guy's such an asshole. He just pops he in. He is. He's a, a fucking Everybody dick. hates God. him. We got oh, negative man. feedback, and he just keeps coming. Get <laughs> the hell out of here. So, um, I, 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 you know, proudly am, am parading my, my box of the Normandy that I have now, and we got in the car and she goes, so you spent $200 on this. Why did you spend, I mean, you've never impulsively bought anything that fast. And I jumped on eBay and I showed her, I was like, here's one for 1500. Here's one for 14. Here's one for 1100. Here's one for 900. This guy was selling it for $200. There was no way in hell I was walking out of that convention without it. I've done that, man. Honestly, you go into a, into a model show or, or something like that. And you see something that you've been searching for forever, and it's at such a price, it's so low. You immediately turn into like Macho Man Randy Savage with your reaction, like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna Ooh, go yeah. here, go bankrupt over that brother." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you gotta go home and explain it. You know? Into a slim gym. Yeah. You know what I think it's time for? Because I think we've exceeded the hour. 
is it time for shots? Q4, but hey, you know what? Having fun with Will tonight, and I don't care about the time. Okay. So oh, I think it's just it. time for shot four. This is four. Shot we four. We can see at the hour, but let's just go with let's it. Let's go with it. Will, are let's you up and ready, it. my I'm friend? Down. Oh, most certainly, sir. Everybody listening in. Cheers. Shot number four. Cheers, let's put boys. it in the air. Cheers. Mm. Mm. Perfect. Little, Perfect. little drinky poop for courage. I didn't want ah. to take us too far out there, but I did want to mention that if uh, Jeff Bezos has that ship in the model, you know, it's worth money and Jeff Bezos, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, what does Elon Musk have? Does he have anything like that? Mm-hmm. And as I'm looking him up, four years ago, he had the most powerful operational rocket in the world. He has SpaceX. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Falcon Heavy made its inaugural launch from Florida into outer space, carrying nothing other than his personal Tesla Roadster. Does everybody remember yes. that? It's yeah. been a while. I was going to say he has anger issues, but I don't know if that's <laughs> He definitely you know. has anger issues. But <laughs> you know, I, every, everybody has their problems. He's almost like a love and hate guy. You, yes. you kind of hate him because he's such a, re- a rebel. He's just rebellion and look at me. He's a look at me guy. Look yes. what I'm doing. But you got to love him because he does go against the grain and against the traditional mm-hmm. and damn the government and damn this and I'm going to do my thing. And what what a what a person to lead us into a next millennial. Uh, anyway, so the road, sir, right now has traveled nearly 2 billion miles and is about 2.6 loops around the sun. Damn. It's pretty crazy what this thing's the done. The fact so, that it survived is amazing. NASA I wonder how many times it had to charge up. <laughs> they stopped by, uh, by, by, by Mars charging station. So apparently this thing's going to brush Mars again uh, around 2035. And that will take it into 3.7 billion miles this thing has traveled with very limited uh, damage. Because there's meteorites, space junk, everything's probably hitting this thing here and there. Even if it's so vast, something's going to hit it at some point in time, you would think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 2035, we're saying? Is that what they're saying? 2035, yeah. I think that's what we're saying, yeah. Yeah. That should be around the same time that him and Zuckerberg actually finally decide to duke it out. <laughs> We're only a couple of years out. You know, let's see what happens. It's gonna be like watching two bums fight over a bottle of Pat's Boone's Farm or something like that. I just, you know, I'm looking forward to that fight. I hope they make it on pay per view because I really want to see it happen. You know? I, I will sell tickets right along with you. Baltimore City Absolutely. has a thing where <laughs> you have a dispute. The mayor has set aside this rule where you can enter a ring with the person you're having a dispute with for one round and duke it out. Really? You literally can. Yeah. And it's legal. It is, we had that in the Navy for years, yeah. Legitimate, du- let's duke it out rule. Like, you have a beef, I've got a beef. Instead of somebody killing or stabbing somebody, let's go in a ring with boxing gloves and duke it out and see who the last man I like standing. That. I think mm-hmm. it's amazing. I like that. It's a good way to shut we it up and have sell that it out. nationwide. Agreed. Every Very therapeutic. Town. Well, I mean, and, and not to get... I immediately not... want to punch you in the face right now, Cap. I... <laughs> Look, I want to punch you in the face every day. We're duking it out. Okay. I'm going for the knee. I'm sorry. You have anyway. the advantage. You know where to go. Yes, exactly. Son of a Sweep the knee, Daniel. <laughs> I'm going to armor the knee, Will. Armor the knee. <laughs> a little chain Lee, mail around that son so, of a So Lee, Lee and I have known each other since 2014. We became very, very good friends very quickly. Um, practically uh, practically family now. Um, and um, we work at the uh, – we won't plug or say where we work, but we work at a dealership. Um and uh, it, it's 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 been a blast, you know, working with your your best friend slash brother slash, you know, uh, for me, Lee was kind of like a, a quasi father figure of sorts. So 
working with that has been a lot of fun um, sometimes. But yes, I would definitely get into the ring <laughs> for a couple of rounds, especially after a really troublesome work day. Especially after we talk so much uh, history about martial arts and what we did in our past as uh, youths. And I know I was really big into Taekwondo and Jeet Kundo and the Battle of Baltimore. Shout out to John Burris School of Karate Route 40 Edgewood. Sweet, nice. He's, he is no, he's no longer there, and he retired from the Battle of Baltimore. But it does carry on to this day, as I'm told. But anyway, with our history of martial arts, and we're always talking about stuff, and it would be nice to step in a ring again because I did a lot of competition back then. I know that Ian did yep. some, uh, and it was a, it was the, one of the joys of my my life, uh, an outlet. Yes, Let's get my anger out. I got yes. some anger issues. Yes, you know, so I want to no, no, I want for that, but. Uh, I get Stephen it. I totally respect again. that, man. I've forgotten more than I ever learned in the past 35, 40 years. So I found it that um, that I remember a lot of, like, I, I don't remember Akata hardly to save my life. But uh -uh. The physical aspect of and defense and, and the different techniques, that is what has been committed to, like, muscle memory for me. 100%. Mm. Um, so... Um, I think we're at the point now where we want to try and do some shout outs because we are really coming towards the end of this show. Yeah, yeah. Within minutes. Oh, okay. so, honorable do mentions. Have, do we want to do some honorable mentions and some uh, shout outs here? I got a few. Sure. Yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. Let's start well, with you. What do you think? Um, What's so, an honorable mention? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skirt the line between movie and. Um, By the way, did we series? just do a shot without telling anybody? No, I don't. I think we, we did. Yes, we absolutely did. Oops. I poured it and we did. And we did it. You know oh, what, oh. Will? Full disclosure, I've been doing shots like this whole time. <laughs> Son of a god, you. That's awesome. We're, we're pouring our next one, so this is this is technically five now. Is it? Because okay. I thought it was four. It's something. Okay, it's a numbered shot. We're losing count. My mother's listening. Let's let's just do the Chris, shot. Chris, it's okay. We're just doing <laughs> beer right now, so we're doing a shot of beer for for the love. Your of mom us. is listening. I wish you'd have told me that before <laughs> I, I started. <laughs> It's okay, Chris. He's fine. Will's a good guy. He's 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 fine. Oh, Cheers, Will. In the air. Awful. Cheers, everybody. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna honorable mention, line. sir. I'm gonna skirt the line with my first honorable mention, just because I knew I had to bring it up. We literally um, have three and a half minutes to go, so uh, well, you don't have it. three minutes. It's fine. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna go with the Orville. Nice. In I the, like that. The first two seasons, uh, and I, I, I have a huge man crush on Seth MacFarlane. I'll just admit that right now on, on public podcasts. That's fine. Um, but the fact no that shame. he's a good looking son of a bitch. He can sing. He can act. He can voice sing. act. He can do I mean, yep. I, I would not kick him out of bed. I'm sorry. Um, he's an extremely <laughs> talented young fella. Most definitely, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but I, I'm, I'm going to put the Orville on that list because um, Seth wanted the the filming model in the first two seasons. Um, CGI started to take into effect, obviously, as the budget exploded for season three. Um, but they built a physical model of the Orville. And I adore the hell out of the Orville design. I love that ship. Mm -hmm. I think it's actually probably, um, dare I say, uh, if, if we were to do... A, um, well, shit, it should have been on my top five sci-fi starships list, but I thought I'd get a lot of flack for it. Anyway, um, the, Orville, good, good mention. the Orville would be uh, be an honorable mention. Good mention. 
I'm gonna did go really with, good. Uh, I'm going to go with the uh, the Eagle Transporter in another show back oh. in the day, Space 1999. Yeah. And this was the better known as the Eagle, the primary transport uh, between Moon Base Alpha, remember Moon Base mm-hmm. Alpha? Absolutely. And uh, space itself. So a lot of models and variants of this. In fact, I just pulled it up. I'm actually showing Ian right now. There's just so many different yeah. variants my, and models. My dad, I bought the Eagle Loved Moss it. model for my dad for his birthday last year. I believe back in the day, I literally worked a whole summer to earn um, getting this ship from Save-A-Lot, oh, which geez. is a, a, you know, right before Kmart. Right. There wow. was no Kmart. Oh, there man. Was <laughs> then there was Kmart. And there was Ames somewhere in the middle of that old store. So I saved enough to get that. I think the ship was, even back then, probably like 12 or 15 bucks either way. My um, dad had a model of it that I broke. Yeah, I worked all summer to get that ship, and I loved oh, it. Wow. You can open up the middle of it, and you had, like, the space shuttle. You had to... Get all that space in there to move figures around and things. God, I love that ship. Yeah, it was awesome. That's my honorable mention. Will, what do you have an honorable mention for? I'm skirting the rules here a little bit. Work with me here. The refitted, well, not the refitted, but the redesigned Enterprise from Star Trek Discovery and Strange New Worlds. Oh, hell yes. Um, yep. While we did not necessarily get a filming miniature out of this, there have been multiple study models built to produce the model that Polar Lights is currently putting out and not just one twenty five hundred, but one 1,000. And right now at San Diego Comic-Con, there's a massive model of the Strange New Worlds version of the Enterprise on display. It's oh. extremely hard to take something that is so iconic and bring it forward and still give it the ability to emulate the feel of what came before it. And being a Star Trek fan, when Discovery first came out, you know, there was a lot of change in, in the, the visual design of just about everything. And, you know, yeah. a lot of us had a hard time watching it because not that it was bad. It was just so different. We were trying to, you know, kind of justify it mentally. Yeah. But then at the very end of season one of Star Trek Discovery, when you see the Enterprise just kind of swoop in, I think everybody knew at that point in time something has cha- something had changed. And then they cast Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. A huge win. And, huge win. And now we see Strange New Worlds, and you know I can only imagine that how I view Strange New Worlds right now is exactly how my father viewed Star Trek in the '60s when he saw it. It's That's brought back cool. this, yeah, this positive mental attitude about what it's all about, um, and it's revitalized Star Trek more so than I think any show has so far. So I think we're we're sort of in this new renaissance of Star Trek modeling. I think it's going to bring a lot of good things. So I um. You'll, you'll, you'll agree with me here, um, Will, because you and I are both huge Star Trek people. Um, when we did our, uh, our top five starships, the uh, Strange New Worlds and Discovery Enterprise took my number one slot above and beyond. Ditto. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I, like you said, Trader. I think, listen. I That's think, for Kaplan, not you, Will. I think oh, okay. that, that that ship, um, I, I remember watching discoveries uh season one finale with my dad and when we got the glimmer of the original series theme and um michael burnham's character said that's the uss enterprise i was like okay what are they gonna do i'm getting nervous and we see her for the first time yeah i will be honest a tear fell from my eye because that was for me and and like you just said, Will, I looked at that Enterprise like my dad looked at the original series Enterprise yep. and was like, oh, my God, that 
that is the Starship Enterprise. That no even yeah. even with the even with the adjustment, um, that's that's the Enterprise, and I, I adore the hell out of it. Oh no doubt, straight up crying. My wife looked at me, and she she gets it. She's a big Trek fan too, but it. I think for me, it, it just hits because having spent so much time in the service, you fall in love with ships. They yeah. become living, tangible entities. And you, you, you know, you develop legitimate feelings for these things. And then seeing something like that, you know, in, in the modern day, in my time frame, you know, it's, if they're not rebooting, if they're not prepping for a reboot of the original series, they're really missing the mark. Yes. I feel like this is another sci-fi episode. Oh, 100%. Like what we're Ooh. talking, just start, I mean, listen, Star Wars, Star Trek, who are the players? The mega players, that's it. Mm-hmm. You have two. Yeah. Nobody can touch yeah. either of those franchises, right? Yeah. So, man, how many lists can we make just off those two franchises? Uh, shit. Oh, oh my could God. Could make a hundred lists off each one, off different things? Absolutely. Jeez, best and, characters, best captains, best villains, best starships. Content. Hey, we were talking about uh, one list that we. I, I don't know. I was, on our break, I was talking to Ian about this. I would love to bring you back to get your take on top five sci-fi deaths in oh, history. Wow! Doesn't matter if it's series, TV series, <laughs> miniseries, movies. So we've contemplated this. We're always very positive. And hey, who's got the best blasters? Who's got the best starships? What's the best scene in that? We want to go a little dark. Yeah. Want, what's the best death scenes in all movies sci-fi series Man, that's a, which is a such a broad and expansive yeah honestly i i think i do too i think i do too and i well i think uh, you and i might be on the same page brother i'm only <laughs> that we are yeah we, we we definitely want to shout out what our next uh top five list is at the end of each show yep. which we're coming towards right now and i think our next episode is going to be the deaths you know apart from what we're showing we're going to definitely come back on and give our top five uh deaths in sci-fi will i don't maybe i'm putting it out there i'm being presumptive but i would love to have you back on the show for that list is that something you think you could do and make time for? absolutely i'd love to hell yes cool cool that sounds amazing i would love to get you on the show get your uh top five um opinions on that and we're up against the clock. We're running against time. And I just want to say, man, I appreciate you coming on the show, number one, and taking your time out to be yeah. with us. Uh, that's amazing. Oh, you're, you're pretty special. And, uh, I no, really thank you for it. having me. This this has been so much fun. I, I Anytime you guys want me on, I'll be more than happy to come back. Cool. Yeah, we, we definitely we definitely have a couple of plans in place to, to get you back. I mean, we, we talked on the break. This has been a, a blast to, to just chit-chat and you know, I think this is one of the first or second time, second time technically, I guess, now that you and I have actually spoken verbally. So this is this has been awesome. <laughs> so, Will, I would say to you, as I say to Ian, at the end of our show, may the force be with you, Kaplan. Hmm. Will, live long and prosper. Everybody, live long and prosper. And may the force be with everybody. Will, thank you so much again, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Great time, guys. Thank you so much. Thank You're you. very welcome, Will. We'll see you next time. Later, later. Later. later.